Time for us to talk health. And this morning, we're looking at what you need to know around the latest cancer statistics in South Africa. The World Health Organization is predicting that global cancer rates are likely to soar by 77% by 2050. Of course, one of the big news this week is Buckingham Palace confirming that the reigning monarch, King Charles, um, has been diagnosed with cancer and is currently receiving treatment. So to speak to us about some of these predictions by the World Health Organization and what that means for South Africa. We're joined on the line by our resident GP and also CEO of Proactive Health Solutions, Dr. Fundile Nyati. Dr. Nyati, as always, good to have you on the show. Good morning. Good morning, Gooks, and good morning to all of the 702 listeners. So, a bit of a concerning uh, bit of news coming out of the World Health Organization that global yeah. cancer rates are likely to soar by 77% by 2050. Another report saying that black South Africans are experiencing more hurdles than white South Africans yeah. uh, in terms of accessing treatment. What do yeah. we know with regards to these global s- statistics and what they mean for us? Oh, Gooks, um, you know... <laughs> We just don't seem to, you know, we, we, we've got challenges generally, you know, um, when it comes to matters of health globally. Uh, a few decades ago, we've been battling, you know, the issue of HIV and AIDS globally. And uh, I think uh, generally uh, a country like South Africa, which has got the most number of people with HIV and AIDS, uh, we are almost on top of that. However, as you get on top of one thing, the other thing, you know, becomes a problem. So the issue of cancer, um, and here I'm talking about different types of cancers, putting them under one umbrella of cancers, it's a major, major problem globally. Um, you know, at this moment, um, I think uh, about 10 million people uh, died from, um, you know, from all types of cancers uh, combined. And uh, the prediction is that um, by 2030, uh, which is just about six years from now, uh, that number is going to go to about 13 million people dying from cancer uh, every year. So that already is a problem. Now, what also is a problem is that um, um, when one looks at the developed nations, you know, uh, the Europe and the Americas, uh, North America, um, the survival rate, you know, from cancers is somewhere around 80%. But when you look uh, in the developing nations, um, you know, especially sub-Saharan Africa, it's as low as 12%. So that difference, you know, in terms of the survival rates between those who are richer with with more access to you know facilities um versus those uh, who are in africa um it's a cause for concern but if we bring it closer home uh here in south africa even here um there is a big difference in terms of chances of surviving cancer between those uh, who are in private health care uh, or who've got access to private health care versus those who uh, are dependent on the public health system, um, but also in which province you are, because only five out of the nine provinces in South Africa have the ability, you know, to ensure the early diagnosis and effective treatment. So this issue of inequity of access 
to effective cancer screening, diagnosis, staging, and effective treatment is a major, major, major problem. Yeah, so I think that's how I can contextualize the statistics, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a major, major worry. Um, the theme for 2022 to 2024 has been, that is the World uh, Cancer Day theme, has been closing the care, the care gap, closing the care gap. So this is the last year of that three-year theme, closing the care gap. Uh, and the sub-theme for this year is together challenging, uh, you know, be, you know, t- together challenging um, those in power to ensure more resources are made available for awareness, screening, early diagnosis, and treatment, which uh, is a, a major problem. So, yeah, that's, that's the context of the problem, uh, you know, globally and also in our country. Uh, Doctor, you mentioned that uh, where you are also has quite a significant impact on whether or not you receive treatment. And, and I imagine that then it has a very direct impact on whether or not uh, you survive your diagnosis or not. Which are the provinces yes. that seemingly have, um, I guess, the capacity to diagnose and treat uh, people diagnosed with cancer and which are not? Well, uh, I must say that, uh, you know, um, and I will now venture into the whole thing about the NHI, but generally, you know, 30 years after, uh, you know, the new democracy, some of the challenges of the past in terms of, you know, the resourcing, the infrastructure, um, are still there with us. If you live in the Western Cape, for example, um, you know, you are more likely even if you are dependent on the public health sector, you are more likely to get early access to, you know, diagnosis, staging, and treatment as compared to my home province of the Eastern Cape, for example. Uh, you know, the Eastern Cape, um, yes, around East London and around PE, you know, there are some facilities. But if you are from where I come from, which is the trans guy, you know, the, 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 the former trans guy, where the majority of the people of the Eastern Cape are, um, you you know, if you're from Port St. John's, for example, you have to take transport to Umtata. From Umtata to East London, that's like a two-day trip mm. uh, before you can be screened, staged, uh, and you make another trip back home. So it's a four-day trip just to, to, to have that done. Same for treatments like radiotherapy. You must make that kind of thing. So provinces like the Eastern Cape, Provinces like Limpopo, uh, you know, um, provinces like the Northwest. Uh, so the largely rural provinces of South Africa are actually having challenges in terms of ensuring early diagnosis, staging, and treatment of their population. But if you live in Gauteng, um, if you live in Western Cape, if you live um, in, in, in Cape that and in and around Durban, um, you know, you are much more likely, you know, to access, uh, you know, screening, diagnosis, staging, and treatment. So that's the picture. There is inequity of access, uh, you know, to that diagnosis. And unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, you cannot get the treatment before you are diagnosed and staged properly because the staging determines what kind of treatment you are going to get. So if you've got the problem with that, 
then that means a, a difference uh, in, in terms of how soon you get your treatment. Mm. Dr. Nyati, when we look at this increase that the WHO is um, projecting, um, this global yeah. increase, do we know what is driving um, those numbers? Is it, for instance, this uh, gap in care, this um, inequality in access to health care, um, which we know, I mean, we saw it most clearly, certainly with COVID, um, you know, these very big gaps with some countries, some cities, some areas having and others not having enough or having at all. Um, Kosana on WhatsApp says, I strongly believe that the kind of food we eat has to do with the spread of cancer. Is that is that correct? Is there a link with well, um, lifestyle with these numbers spreading? I think Nkosana uh, is partly is partly right. Uh, I mean, I'll make an a, an easy example. Um, you know, nowadays we talk about organic foods. You know, organic foods. We encourage people to eat organic foods. You know, no GMO foods. Um, if we look at colorectal cancer the cancer of the, of the large bowel um, in the South African context. When I qualified, which was about 35 years ago as a medical doctor, the rate of colorectal cancer amongst black people um, wasn't that much. Um, however, there's been a lot of change in the type of food that uh, you know an average black african is eating uh, you know the, with the urbanization and a bit of affluence we're starting to see lots of people who are presenting with that uh, so that is in a maybe 30 35 year period so uh, that's just uh, the food you, you eat and the things that are in that food uh, you know red dye uh, in the food uh, and other carcinogens that are in the highly processed foods mm-hmm. uh, and the preservatives uh, that we eat, certainly they are a contributor. But uh, other issues besides food, uh, you, you know, again, the lives, we're living very sedentary lives nowadays. You know, in uh, long time, people used to walk long distances. Uh, you know, they were generally, you know, fit. Uh, in terms of, 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 of the fact that they did a lot of moving. Nowadays, we don't move much. We use uh, taxis, we use cars, we use Uber. Uh, generally, we're not uh, that, that, that active. But um, other you know, lifestyle issues like um, smoking. Um, smoking is responsible you know, um, in terms of uh, as a risk factor to, to quite a number of cancers. Uh, and the level of smoking, yes, South Africa, you know, in a way, um, some of the regulations we put, uh, you know, did decrease the number of people who are smoking, but still, smoking is still prevalent. And nowadays, there's even newer types of smoking. Uh, we've talked in this show about the vapes. We've talked on this show about the hablies. We've talked on the show other forms of smoking. Mm-hmm. That is still a, a lifestyle issue that we have got control over. Alcohol, uh, as a country, we've spoken in you know in this very show about the, the um, relationship, the unhealthy relationship that South Africans have with alcohol, you know. So that's a driver as well. So it's multifactorial. One can't pick up one thing. However, there is certainly a change in the lifestyles uh, of many people, and the majority are Black Africans, and that change and urbanisation 
uh, and the type of food that we eat is actually, you know, contributing in one way or the other. Um, there was in the very article that you spoke about earlier that talked about the blacks versus whites in South Africa. Obviously, the majority of people who stay in some of these rural provinces are blacks. And so uh, sort of you, you sort of seeing a situation where access to cancer screening, uh, you know, staging and, and, and diagnosis and, and, and staging and treatment uh, has a racial makeup. Um, and so uh, that's, that's the picture. But they also mentioned the issue that uh, most of the oncologists are white, uh, which again is historical. Um, and the, the language barrier uh, is being you know, cited as another issue that delays the diagnosis uh, of patients in South Africa. There's a report there. So, like I said, the, the issues are multifactorial, but uh, it is of concern that uh, uh, you know, whilst uh, 80% of people are surviving cancers elsewhere, uh, in South Africa, um, actually, or Sub-Saharan Africa, we're talking about 12%, and sure. that is of serious concern. Mm. Dr. Nyata, you mentioned, for instance, one of the cancers that has seen or that you've observed as uh, uh, being uh, as increasing colorectal is, is colorectal cancer. cancer. What are some of the yes. other cancers? Um, I, is you know breast cancer one of the cancers also driving um, those numbers yeah. of yes. increasing cancer yes. infections? Yes, again, uh, the issue of awareness uh, is a big problem. Um, you know, awareness about the cancers and, and the screening. Now, if you look, um, you know, the, uh, I think the WHO leader for, for Africa, um, Mueti, um, mentioned that in the sub-Saharan Africa, um, there's about top five drivers. Um, one, uh, you know, the cancer of the breast, uh, the cancer of the cervix, um, you know, a colorectal cancer, um, and, uh, you know, those are the, 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 the leading cancers, prostate cancer amongst men, um, those are the leading cancers. But if you look worldwide, lung cancer, it's still the number one cancer uh, worldwide, um, uh, followed by breast cancer. Uh, being the second one. And uh, what is painful about, uh, you know, uh, lung cancer, the cause we know, some smoking, uh, you know, it, 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 it is something that is preventable. Um, with breast cancer, um, if people were aware on how to do monthly self-breast examination, um, you know, they would be able to pick up anything that is changing on their breast uh, quickly uh, and be able to get that diagnosed sooner. But most people don't know how to do self-breast examination. And even those who do pick it up, if they stay in rural areas, access to mammography uh, and, um, you know, the other tests like biopsy to look at their lumps may be a challenge if they stay in one of the four provinces uh, that do not have access to that kind of, uh, you know, to those kind of facilities. So, um, so that's what we, we, we're talking about. Um, so breast cancer is a problem. Uh, cervical cancer. Um, we now know that the human papillomavirus, HPV, um, is the key driver for, you know, uh, uh, cancer of the cervix. Uh, and now we have a vaccine 
uh, HPV vaccine that can be given to to young girls and and and, and young women uh, against uh, HPV, so that uh, they do not have that risk uh, of an infection that can then almost guarantee that they get CA cervix. However, again, there are challenges in terms of accessing that. Even though our government has been rolling out uh, this kind of thing, uh, vaccination program among schoolgoers, but uh, there's still many people who don't have access to it. So mm, there's yeah. a lot that can be done to try and improve, uh, you know, or, or reduce the rate of CA cervix. Well, amongst black females, uh, CA cervix is the cancer, but uh, if we're looking at women in general, then, uh, you know, of all races, then breast cancer is that. So um, a lot can be done, uh, and the focus, we've always heard about, you know, prevention is better than cure, and it's, 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 it's more appropriate when we're talking to cancers. Let's focus on prevention. It's less costly. Uh, let's educate people, let's mm. ensure people that they get screened. Uh, you know, I do work with some of the government departments and it's always sad to see that, uh, you know, um, the majority of uh, employees in most provinces are females uh, because of the education department and the health department being 80% uh, of the provincial staff complement. And the cancers that are actually causing people to die uh, you know, or to apply for ill health retirement in those provinces uh, are actually preventable cancers, like yeah. the cervix, like cancer yeah. of the breast. So awareness, 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 screening, 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 uh, bringing access to people, you know, even in the outlying areas. Yeah. So and we're going to have to... Leave it at that, Dr. Nyati. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Um, but thank you so much for making time for us this morning. Thank you very much, Cooks, and uh, all the best for the rest of the show. And uh, the, the struggle continues. Thank you very much. That's our resident GP, Dr. Fundile Nyati.